think about it now. Um. Definitely not a big vagina. <laughs> With like scary yeah. branches yeah, coming yeah. in. And yeah, stuff. exactly. Um, but that's what Roland likes to call it. So, yeah. No, it definitely wasn't. It was very abstract. But yeah, there is like it's something about life. Yeah. Um, of course, I would do it differently now. I guess. But you know. Because it's not. Yeah, it was about him arriving mm. but yeah I didn't know I didn't really plan this painting and I don't paint I haven't painted anything since oh shit yeah so that's like, so five years ago six years ago. six yeah yeah and I hadn't painted anything before so yeah <laughs> yeah I don't paint yeah <laughs> <laughs> I painted yeah. this thing but I don't paint yeah. Is there other things like that? Like, I carved this wood statue, but I don't carve. No, uh, no. Oh, there's a few drawings I did at school. Oh, yeah. But at school, you know, so that, again, is like a huge jump back. <laughs> yeah. Um, I'll, I'll keep you on track. Yeah. That's my job. Yeah. Okay. Hello, everybody. Welcome to Wombat Radio. Today, actually, what suburb are you in? Northcote. We're in Northcote. And, um... Maybe I'll let you introduce yourself. Yep, I'm Victoria Chu. <laughs> I live in Northcote and I'm a dancer choreographer. And you don't paint? I don't paint. Okay. But I randomly paint. <laughs> Anything else you randomly do? Um, probably, but I couldn't be specific. <laughs> okay, okay. And what are the kind of thoughts that you get lost in? Um, when I have good time yeah. to get lost in thought, yeah. uh, it's usually involve, involving the body and moving, mm-hmm. movement of some kind and um, different people's bodies and their way of moving. At the moment, I'm quite interested in the body as its own site the body is its own culture, um, which is quite influenced by growing up in Australia and having a body that is mixed race. Mm. So that's where it started. I wasn't always interested in that. and But since I opened that thought process, there's a lot for me to think about and it's I can't separate that now from... From what I want to, from how I create movement, there's always something about um, how the body's defined, mm. socially defined in in society, and whilst I'm still interested in pure movement and seeing bodies move, a lot of the themes and ideas that I research come from a place commenting on social consciousness and subconsciousness subconsciousness like in the body or in the body and in the thought processes of uh-huh. um, what makes people dis- 
decide to say or do things, basically, yeah. Maybe it's a bit nihilist of me, but I usually operate on the assumption that people are not deciding to say or do things. Quite programmed. Yeah. Yep. They're just autoresponders, like an email autoresponder. Yep. No matter what you put in. So wondering where that came from Mm. and then how can you change that if you're aware of Mm. that? Or this is for myself, but, I, you know, I don't really seek to change, but I just seek to question that. Mm. But for me personally, yeah, I probably want to want change. That's why I'm looking. In yourself? Yeah. Yeah. Do you think about your son as being mixed race? Yeah, although he... If it was the white Australia policy right now, he'd pass. Visibly? <laughs> Visibly, yeah. yeah right. Yeah, so that's strange. I could have another child that wouldn't, so could be him and a sibling that would have very different lives potentially if it was, yeah. And maybe still because it's at the moment it's a little bit of, it's an uneasy time and we are sort of regressing. <laughs> so, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. There's, I saw a... Apparently there's this South Park game has mm-hmm. come out and there's a, a slider where you're designing your character, your avatar, about like what hat and what clothes they're wearing and such. Yeah. The slider for skin tone doesn't say light to dark. It says easy to difficult as a setting. Oh, wow. And it changes yeah. your skin tone. That's and pretty interesting. Yeah. That's how the, the game will respond differently to you. Wow. Yeah. Yep. And that is true. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. But we but not don't... Not in all places. Not in all places, I agree, yeah. Because I imagine it's actually just about the dominant, whatever is... Yeah. And then sometimes in the right spheres as well, you can change that by having, by having money maybe. Yeah, you know, yeah, or, yeah. But still actually yeah. f- at first face value on the street, there's always mm-hmm. a judgment, you know. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And... Well, and in other places, uh, it's more acknowledged. You know, I do think in Australia there's still a lot of denying a lot of things. Mm. And probably, I think, I feel like it probably comes from a top level, from the government. You know, there's not a lot of, you know, there's not true acceptance and there's not true value in the arts as Mm. well. Um, And there's not true acknowledgement of... The Aboriginal people, the First Nations people, and and there is still the um, the aftermath of the White Australia policy and um, current refugee policies that um, very aggressive. So yeah, um, does that filter into your work though, or is it still? Like, it filters into how you think about the world, but really your work's still somehow about this body and how you form an idea about it. I Yeah, so in the actual process of the body, it's... it's um, In the studio especially, I think it can just be the move... Like, it can get back to the movement, but when I start a... At the moment, all the ideas I seem to start, it, it is about 
connecting with people mm. and it's about connecting with um, people who aren't necessarily from English or colonial background, English colonial background or Australian even. Um, and I, whilst I do like working with Australian dancers, I also, I really, I'm personally seeking to connect more with minority or what Australia considers minority groups. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So, um, or just not mainstream, basically, I think, mm-hmm. you know. Um, I've got a running theory that the broadcast image of what is mainstream is in the technical minority and that even the accent that they use on Mitre 10 ads and the footy show is actually a minority accent because even when I've operated within truck yards and fuel depots and places in that environment when I've been on different projects and hanging out with family, nobody talks like that. And Uh somehow it's a performance of, a memory of, um, even the the accents that are on Triple M or whatever, radio stations, the way that those men speak so that they are presenting as if they are part of a culture that they're not part of because they're working in like a clean office environment, Mm -hmm. but they need to be speaking to the tradies and people working on site. Yeah. And so there's a presentation of accent which I don't believe is real. Mm -hmm. They're putting on, they're fabricating. Yeah, somehow it's it's all been imagined into reality, but because it is broadcast, it seems like that that's a, that becomes a standard. Yeah. Even though it's not a standard. Yeah. But from so many levels that does become a standard. Exactly. Yeah. yeah. Even if it's not. Yeah. The Yeah, it's not a majority and it's not common and it's not popular. It's yeah. still a standard. And it it seeps into people's subconscious. Yeah. yeah. So um that's when I mean I don't know cuz artists are very different and talking to artists is very different, but there is a you become aware that there's a majority of Australian people or not maybe not a majority but a lot that really think differently <laughs> to me so um and then I'm sort of scared at how they manage to think that way yeah yeah, yeah. so that's why I even in very small ways and it is very small ways but I take the center off those types of mm. um mainstream mm. focuses and, and put the centre on um, minorities, basically, mm. or margi- so-called marginalised. But for me, it's not marginalised. You know, now yeah. I look at it like yeah. it's not marginal. It's just what yeah. I'm interested so in. Their own strong, full, yeah. cohesive yeah. operating community. Exactly. Yeah, I remember performing... Um, breakdown shows at the Filipino club in Darwin mm-hmm. and it never occurred to me that they were a minority group or a marginalised group yeah. because there's plenty of Filipino people in Darwin yeah. with strong cultures that get together and make that happen. Yeah. So actually it's not a marginal culture, it's another culture that's existing. Yeah. But maybe Darwin's just small enough to not be yeah. segregated in that way. Yeah, but also if, if you are for example, a white politician, Mm. um, you look at that community, you would marginalise them, I think. Your instinct would be... It can only be a matter of time, eh? Like... I think... 
people constantly keep... need to chip away. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> is your work doing that? Uh, or is it just like, is it just something that keeps you sane? I think it keeps me sane first, yeah. yeah. And maybe one day, um, I'm asking these questions. I, I you know, I, I'm not, I have a family, so I'm not a full-time activist <laughs> at all. Mm. And, um, but maybe one day there might be something more apparent that can help. But mm. at the moment, definitely. No, I just think art rebalances the bullshit. So I'm just one of thousands of artists trying to rebalance the bullshit. The bullshit. <laughs> nice. Yeah. Maybe that can be the quote in the program. Mm. <laughs> when the show that Joshua Thompson and I are working on, The Blokes Project, yeah. the tagline was beyond the beer and the bullshit. <laughs> really? as, yeah. as a statement to say that even the performance of being a bloke is bullshit. That yeah. is detrimental to the marginalised yeah. as they are um, nominated but also yeah. detrimental to the people that have to uphold the performance of it. Totally. Detri- yeah. So yeah. to all. What a shame. Yeah. But, but there's no either thought process or there's fear to change that. I think there's fear. Right. And I think fear gets perpetual. Like, even if you are rational and even if you are extremely intelligent... Fear doesn't listen to the rational or the intelligence. It listens to your body's response, like yeah. embodied notions. Yeah. It, you shut down and you stop thinking. Yeah, 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 yeah. And so that's why... I don't know. I know why I work in dance. I'm keen to hear why you think these things are better as um, dance efforts rather than as any other form. Mm-hmm. Um, well, for me personally, the body really does cross yeah, yeah. everything, like, you know, uh, language as well. Mm. But even though I sometimes use language in my work, it's to remind myself there's not just one language mm, <laughs> so, mm, mm, um, at the moment anyway. So, uh, but the body crosses all that and um, just working... I've done a few collaborations now. I'm with Singapore and some with Shanghai, with Shanghai dancers. And um, dancers connect, you know. Usually I, I haven't come across one that hasn't. Mm. I'm sure there are, but, yeah. And also, you know, I used to live in Europe and there's just a melting pot of all different cultures there with dancers coming together in different countries and moving again and coming together in another cu- country and... You know, there's languages and de- different countries and dances. <laughs> you know, you know, it's it's a lot. It's a bigger melting pot in Europe, I think, for art. Um, here we're just a bit more isolated, but um, yeah. So that's why here, I guess, because we're isolated, I go and seek more. And you know, we we're pretty much part of Asia, so yeah, yeah I'd call Australia Asian, <laughs> really. If you. Yeah. Because what is Asian anyway? As Asian. Sorry. Am I Asian? I. This is what. Like, what is Asian? Like, you know, because someone said that yesterday. I was like, yeah, it's true. Like, because even in every single Asian country, there is so much diversity. Um, Then you've got so many Asian countries as well. What's Asian? And then what? What some people think is Asian is really just East Asian, and then. 
like what what is Asian and then Australia thinks it's English but it's in Asia mm. and yeah so I mean actually for me personally I think we're all in Asia then mm. <laughs> you know Australia is Asia mm. and yeah probably you're Asian <laughs> yeah yeah mm. I would like to think that or I would like to think that you could walk down the street in Austra- in Australia and your default, your subconscious default would be that everyone is Australian. Mm. Um, you know, instead of sort of going, oh, that person's from somewhere or that's from, you know, um, just to think it doesn't, even if they've got accents, you know, it's just like the, the, the default, I feel like we need to redefine this in Australia. Like the default should be, oh, everyone's Australian. Mm. Like or everyone's from here, you know, and then if someone says, oh, no, I'm not from here, I'm just visiting, you know, that's, oh, cool, you know. (laughs) But, you know, anyone could be from here, basically, in this country. Yeah. Yeah. That's why I like definitely the analogy of using Aussie in the place of white. Yeah. When you're referring to somebody. Right. Um, This is another thing growing up in Darwin. It's not a deal to refer to somebody's physical appearance yeah to describe somebody that you've met and ask somebody if they know somebody that you've met in the same way that you would describe their hair color you would describe their skin color because that's a vis- visual feature yeah and it used to be quite i have noticed when i noticed the difference that you may say i met there was like a fellow dude and there was a white dude yeah but that's different to saying there's a fellow dude and an English dude because I don't identify as English even yeah. though I'm white. Yeah. But then it's different to saying like there's a fellow dude and an Aussie dude. Yeah. Which has become a new default that I don't think was the default. Right, okay. Um, and I try, so instead of getting on the racial blindness bandwagon, yeah. I try and get on the um, somehow the correct uh, correct is the wrong word, but somehow the the attribute that is useful, not the attribute with connotations that are then not yeah. useful. That is that subconscious default that yeah, yeah, comes yeah, in. Yeah, that yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, but that's, I mean, it's just it comes from hanging out with a lot of my friends who are, who are from Darwin as well who yeah. have different racial backgrounds is that there's if there's like a break dancer that we can't remember the name of yeah then the question is like what colour are they what colour is their hair what, right. what country they're representing yeah and then that all fills us down yeah so I don't I don't know I don't really jump on board the blindness but then I also see that like we got some good shit going in this country as well like we have inherited some nice things yeah from colonial Britain like public spaces yeah that's a nice thing or like when you're at an aisle in a shop and then you see out the corner of your eye somebody's walking to pass you yep there's a courtesy back there's right. a courtesy and yep. I know it's not popular to just call people out racially, but it's been my experience that that is not within Chinese culture right. to move out of the way. 
Yeah. Or to be aware that you should be aware of where everybody wants to go so that you can move out of the way. Yeah. And there's like, and then there's just shit that doesn't even cross cult, like the culture is class divide rather than racial divide. And well, there's you, racism within cultures too. Absolutely. Yeah. And within waves of immigration. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. But, but I, I think, wonder where all this sits in the body. In the like body, in the yeah. I can go back to the process, but mm. I do want to say, though, that I think still. Still, one of the largest problems in Australia is because it's den- it's denied the violent past that it uh, has that it was had on. that it was founded on, yeah. and that everything that's come. For example, I'm going to say the white Australia policy again, yeah. just because that's why there's anyone with a colour that's yeah. not white yeah. is uh, I don't know um, is marginalised yeah. actually here, and it's it's just that Australia has a tendency to brush it aside and go it's okay but um for those people it's not okay you know and and i think for the country it's not healthy yeah i really think the the country needs to get over this and i think it will one day but you know it it needs a big overhaul and i can just use this as an example again and singapore is not perfect but that from a top level they recognize four languages Mm. you know we are we are a and monoculture. They also put your state yeah. on your like your race on your identity card, don't they? I don't know. I haven't seen a Singapore identity card, but I'm pretty sure your ID card states your race. Right. So you are racially defined in the eyes of the law and the state as well. Right. And I don't know about like that approach. Also, is super problematic. Yeah, that has that would have problems too. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, but. I don't know, just in the, the, all this, I know they've just poured all this money into the arts, and, but the formulation of all these arts companies they have, they're, they're very diverse. Like, yeah. there's, they've poured sort of money into con- very contemporary companies, mm-hmm. Indian companies, mm-hmm. contemporary Indian companies, contemporary Chinese companies, um, Chinese companies, you know, um, crossing like ones that cross uh mm. like a, yeah that, like, just saw all these um a really diverse group of company you know of focuses that just i can't imagine that being that equal here mm. ever <laughs> really but maybe way into the future like we just don't equalize culture at all like no. it's a mono english i'll say colonized culture still mm. yeah even though there's a lot of people who don't agree with, like, who don't believe don't in that, that way, who don't live that way, yeah, but yeah. there's it's still, still because I really do think it comes from that value again from high structures. It just comes down into filters down, and that majority of people who don't think very much then um, accept this way, accept that subconscious view. Yeah. I don't know. Yeah. Yeah, so in the body. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, in, in process. In the process. Um, now I take people to place places mm. um, and see how their body reacts to a place. And sometimes I get them to choose a place with a sp- specific mm-hmm. memory or just specific attraction to that place. Um, Do you have an example, that one that you used for... A process? Uh, yep. So... Uh, 
I took Christina and myself to Hong Kong first, which is where both of our fathers were born. Oh no, we lived. I think her father was born in China. Um, and we just, we, we chose some places on the streets and um, we did some improvisations. That was probably one of the first times I did this type of thing. And then, and then you take that material back to the studio document it and take it back to the studio and it changes in the studio which is nice too but then you you realize what is left in the body and what is left in the memory and you can even create more if there's more left in the you know from what's in the memory you can create more and the body does the body just automatically you know is doesn't lie you can see what's left in the body um uh, yeah, so then, but then I took Chris and Gab to Shanghai and we did the same with Shanghai dancers, two Shanghai dancers and two Australian dancers. And I'd already been to Shanghai and I'd already chosen some spots, but I, I let the Shanghai dancers also choose some spot because they live there, you know. Mm-hmm. So it's very different for them, their reaction to their own city and to a particular personal spot. So either it's architectural or or there's a personal real personal connection and especially one of the dancers Nan Nan took us to where her grandmother lived and where she grew up as a little girl like you know so there are these corridors in this amazing old building that we that we improvised in and we chose spots and she you know she specifically I she specifically chose some spots and then we chose some spots and then you know she had instincts so we um, you, you follow that intuition as well and then um, back and then you take it back to the I take it back to the studio and then that's a different process and then it, sometimes it would be nice to m- repeat that and that's when it'd be nice to have more time mm-hmm. but or to you know re- go back to a place or go back to a specific moment or something you know, maybe take specific moments to a different place as well mm-hmm. which is now actually what I did more in Melbourne I did a process in Melbourne um, using four Melbourne dancers and the city of Melbourne the streets of Melbourne and I wanted a contemporary Melbourne movement for, for February 2017 January, February 2017 mm-hmm. <laughs> so, and it's really influenced by the makeup of those dancers mm. as well and they're um, their instincts and their experiences here in Melbourne. But um, so I chose a couple of places and they I let them choose one place each. That's all we had time for. But we had a lot of material with that mm-hmm. already. And then we, we did work on it in the studio and we worked on it in the site in a museum. So, um, so actually what we did was take um, body movement and mind memory into a museum and sort of put movement in a museum, you know, um, like exhibiting it. How do you deal with the aesthetics of the movements? Because I imagine if those people are yeah. trained, most of what they're doing is, especially if they train through VCA, most of what they're doing is um, post-modern American dance technique through Petronio and then through Becky Hilton and then through Philip Patton, like those bodies where the torso stays still and the limbs 
move around the torso. Yeah. Um, in this case, well, first of all, I think it's okay for this because we're looking at Melbourne and that is part of Melbourne, mm. right? And culturally, that's where they've come from. That's when I look at the, each of their bodies as a, their own culture. And if that's what comes out of that their body, then that's what comes out. But because they're in a group and because I guess I'm, I'm, I'm not one of the dancers and I'm looking from the outside, um, there's also my, I guess there is still my cultural view, my dance cultural view, which might have similar mm. influences, but um, probably less so. What is your dance cultural view? Uh, I guess it, yeah, it's come from VCA and, but... Uh, when did you graduate VCA? But ages ago, in 1999, <laughs> yeah. 99, yeah. wow. 2000, yeah. I graduated 06 was my first yeah. year. Yeah. yeah. Um, but then I, I feel like, even though that, that was definitely ground, grounding that, that experience at VCA, but I feel it was really informative when I was in Europe. But mm. then I couldn't specifically say what type of movement I do now, but mm. it is quite... Well, I guess you'd say it's, it, it always comes from an authentic reaction mm-hmm. to something. So, and that's why as well, I think the space we created the movement in also, like even though we, we researched on site, but the space we created the movement in initially also affected us. Yeah. And that's when, so the outside place affected, the bodies affected the outside place, the outside place affected the bodies, then, then the inside space and the studio affected the movement and the bodies and and the body keeps affecting that and then the group affects each other, you know, so... Um, and What's your role within all that? Um, like, do you turn the volume up on some things and down on others or do you just get yeah. everyone there on time and... No, I, I actually... Because I chose two spots as well outside, I, had, I could really create specific, I guess, scene, not scene, but, mm-hmm. yeah... Um, yeah, scene sort of. <laughs> it's not really, but you know. Sections, bo- sections. Thanks. <laughs> in break dancing, they're called sets. Sets. All yeah, right. Either you're, you're either right. freestyling or you have a set that you go out. And oh right. Yeah. yeah. Well, it's like a section. Yeah. 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 So that they were strongly my aesthetic. I think mm. those, um, and even though I I did choose the moments from the places we went with them because I'm the one on the outside. I think I, I honed in on specific things from what we did with each in their, each in their spot um, and I put them together in the space, in spaces I chose. And, um, mm. and I also let part of the architecture, um, especially in one part, the architecture in the actual museum governed the move like how the movement was you know we moved through the architecture of the space so um that's when you can't really fake that that was that was very that was very in line with the architecture of the space yeah yeah what do you think that does to someone who's watching it and viewing something like this um or what do you hope is uh, happening for the viewer well i was quite 
I ended up with a few loops and they were slightly different. It's not like it was an exact loop, but um, for me that's a quite hypnotic mm. and mesmerising, so that's what I liked about it. Mm. But I'm, ha- I'm happy for other people to either like or not like what, mm. what they see. But um, I know pe- people liked seeing the bodies actually engage with the architecture, you know, not just in that moment anyway. They, they thought it was just, yeah, nice to mm-hmm. watch. <laughs> but they didn't always engage that directly. There was just movement in space too, which is also good. And I guess I always, I do like thinking dancers. So, you know, and I try and give them moments to improvise yeah. and structured impro and um, that's when their their memory of the site or their specific qualities come out more. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I mean, what is it about um, going to a site to be affected by it, needing to then dance there at the site to be affected by it? Because there's all these other ways to be affected. Yeah, so... F- Obviously, for me, I prefer the body. Yeah. But, and there's something about just diving in. And I feel like for me personally, mm. I, I do like to record it. So mm. once you've set up this space, you've chosen the space, it becomes the space. <laughs> you know, I don't know. Like, yeah, yeah, it's not an empty room anymore. It's, it's not, the space. Yeah. And then recording it, just putting the camera there, um, defines it and it defines it seems to define it maybe for the public as well even though they can walk through it mm. but um they got this feeling that there's something there mm. so and in that in that sort of let's call it sacred space even though it's not <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah like in the space you've set up like that yeah. um the somehow the body the mind and the body just step in and have license to react and there's something really special about that and there's no dancer I've worked with that hasn't been able to do that Mm. Um, hasn't been able to just step in like even in crowded places how do you call bullshit on like if somebody just steps in and they just start doing dancing that they think you want them to do well I think we always start with we always start with even if it's very simple we start with uh a task that yeah. that might be specific enough that yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, grounds you yeah. yeah and then from there though anything's possible I don't mind if they they drop out of it for a while and you know I th- come back in or mm. just you know but yeah do you want to talk a little bit about what you're what you're working on for the future um or like what you're thinking about that is towards a future effort or outcome or who you're excited to be spending time with soon. <laughs> could be any of those things. Right. Um, I'm doing this Saturday a performance, starting a, pro- starting a process basically with a, right. an actress, Candy Bowers. Oh, um, yeah. I've yeah. worked with Candy. Yep. Rad. And um, it's going to be very unapologetic, you know, right. and... Compared to my normal work, which is... Um, Interpretable? Yeah, it's it's more abstract. And I like, th- I like that about it. Yeah. And I have, as I said, in the past I've worked 
with text before and, and even more physical theatre. Yeah. So I do like occasionally dabbling in um, less abstract genre or form. Um, so, but I haven't done it for a while and I, I really am lost in um, the body at, at the moment. But, um, yeah, with, within themes, so it's physicalising concepts. So um, there's still a lot of, I guess, dramaturgy. Or, you know, there's still a lot of meaning that I like to convey in a piece, even if it's quite abstract. Um, but with her, I'm going back to being very literal and, like, just unapologetic I think so um like stating your case yeah it's and it's it's more maybe cabaret it's not cabaret at all but it's more of a mix of yeah do you know what you're gonna do yeah we're just doing this fringe club night and um we we're you know it's the beginning of our process so we're just doing little snippets Mm. first and interspersed with actual fringe acts that are in the fringe festival cool. so we're hosting the night and um oh, cool do you have a host name like a stage name no, oh, okay. <laughs> no. but it's called hyperfragility nice yeah and um do you have an idea on the, what the process is going to be like to, yeah to we're, that's what we're we're working on at the, like we've come together a week and we'll be together this week yeah and and then we've got two more weeks to do it. The actual show, Hyperfragility, is going to be quite... Um, it has a licence to be whatever it wants. Mm. Uh-huh. So it might be part cabaret-like, part in a boardroom, mm. um, which is what we're doing in December. We're taking it to a boardroom and different ideas will develop. So we'll combine those two outcomes to eventually create a full-length show that also might have more of a visual element mm-hmm. um it might have uh it it doesn't belong anywhere yeah basically great. you know yeah and is that like an embodiment of what you see is like to um, not put words in your mouth where you're talking about walking down the street as an australian that's not white is that like an not belonging uh, in I guess situation. you could I guess you could say that yeah or belonging in the art um, uh, yeah I think the term Australians riddled with problems but um, I guess I'd call myself Australian hmm. <laughs> and um, after making a few a, a work about identity which is good that I made that and now I can move on from that but um, I, I, I am Australian I'm yeah. just can't whatever that is, however fraught with problems it is. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah, so I think I belong in Australia, but uh, I don't know. Yeah, I, I think it's, what, I guess, this state of what we're talking about in this show, this mm. structure that's, I think it's what, it, it, it's the kind of dismantling that needs to happen <laughs> with some social structures, I think, mm. here. Yeah. Like you can't look at everything and um, assume you know the answer, <laughs> you know, which is, or assume you're right, you know, assume the way you do something's right. Yeah. And I, I think, 
it's that monoculture thing that needs to be broken down a bit. Yeah. Yep. I wonder how we have a... Because I think multicultural multiculture is also dangerous in that there becomes that this society becomes fractured and they don't see themselves in each other. Anymore. Yeah. Yeah. And so I wonder how we can not fall into the traps of monoculture but also not fall into the traps of multiculture, that there's still a shared that it's yeah. still shared. Value and respect for yeah. for people and but b- like I, I guess Ability to step outside of one's is outside of oneself, maybe I don't know. Um, well, just to not think that the way you think is the only way. Is the only way. Yeah, I think. I do think that about some things, though. Like mm-hmm. I think that about domestic violence. I'm right. not willing to to accept that in some cultures it's okay because I have decided that it's just immoral at all times under all circumstances. Right. Right. And so I don't know how to resolve that because on one hand then I'm totally monocultured and set in my way about that. Yeah, but I think that then that comes down to on on a human level that mm. comes down to the safety of hum like you you don't want someone to hit someone. No. Yeah. So it goes before culture maybe like human instinct. Yeah, I don't know, I don't know. though. I don't know yeah. if it does. Because my belief right. system is based on that so much of what... That, that any morale, any morals are acculturated. Right. I don't think that there's innate morals. When, when we're living in such a complex social organisation, yeah. is yeah. what I mean. Yeah. Um, and so... Yeah, there's weird, like even boxing is quite a weird thing as yeah. a sport. Like the aim is to make somebody unconscious. Yeah. <laughs> I don't want to watch that actually. No, yeah. but it's like it's a huge cultural phenomenon that I am dismissing and people get a lot from it and I'm yeah. judging. <laughs> yeah. And that's a weird thing. I remember learning karate for a little while with one of my mates because I was unemployed and... Ooh. One of my ways to stay sane is to, if I'm not training dancing, is to train in something. Yep. And so this was a free way to do that. And I realised that I never form a fist, mm-hmm. but in, in the poses in karate that yep. you form a fist um, to make the pose. Yeah. And then I just thought about that, like what a crazy violent action it is initially even just to form a fist shape. Yeah. And that I have never had call to do it and how lucky that is. Yeah. Yeah, I've never had to do it. No. So that's where I get to the problems with, like, I want to not think that I know, but there are some things where I've decided that I know. Yeah. So, I think that I, I think know, hitting I people. I think that's so. I don't <laughs> you know. Think that's culturally if if anything, the world, maybe that's acceptable? that's the line. Like yeah. you know, hurting animals, hitting people. Yeah, but then like in lots of cultures, hurting not. Yeah. Like it's different. Right. And so this is what I this is what I mean about like 
the monoculture has some benefits because then there's a single law that we're all supposed to abide by and it's shit for a lot of people but it's also some of these things I but I don't know whether yeah. I just am on board but, because I grew up within it yeah but so some of the things are okay yeah is that that's what I mean right. some are shit but some, some of okay. some of a lot of things everything is okay yeah, yeah exactly um so it seems like we're not maybe the the, the it's it's not like you need to dismantle everything yeah yeah that maybe it's not it's not about a multiculturalism it's about an an improved shared culture at all times you're trying to improve the culture that you are sharing with the people that you're living with yeah or well, not blocking out other people not erasure <laughs> you know yeah yeah um, but there's shit that I'm gonna erase like public spitting I would not like I would hit my kid for doing that right even though I don't know if I'm gonna hit my kid <laughs> because now I'm hitting someone yeah but then that's that, super that's okay. acceptable in a lot of places for me public spitting I mean it's not like I don't but I don't okay if you need to spit and there's nowhere else to spit <laughs> so, I don't spit but yeah so what I mean like yeah. I'm at a train station yeah and someone needs to spit and they go over to the bin and they spit in the bin I'm like alright but if they spit exactly where they're standing and everyone else is going to have to walk there yeah it's a bit like gross it's yeah. not a nice way to share space with people no but it's super culturally acceptable and super culturally unacceptable mm. in different places and then so when you're trying to improve how to have a shared culture together judgments yeah. need to be made otherwise someone's being an arsehole and someone's yeah. being considerate but I guess for me the, okay that is a detail yeah. but that's a detail that comes way after basic equality and basic um, um Respect. Yeah. Yeah. An acknowledgement. Um, yeah, because oppression and repression of just uh, yeah, mm -hmm. um, and and low socioeconomic economic um, situations for anyone yeah. just create yeah, yeah. Um, trauma and problems and. You know, so Do you think that dealing with the body and the sight and the physicality and the embodiment of culture is, a, is like the best way to deal with trauma? Well, I guess I don't really... I don't need to tap straight into people's trauma. Yeah. I don't want to do that. Yeah. That's why almost sometimes the sights are just, like, very pragmatic. Uh -huh. Or, you know, it's just, like, just by putting your body, which has been in the world for however long... Oh, yeah in a sight yeah. and having your body react to what's in the sight, exactly what's in the sight, not just the spaces it creates, but every part of the sight. Mm. Um, that's already a lot. Mm. Yeah. It doesn't have to be anything personal. It really can be the body as mm. it's grown in the world, reacting to a specifically chosen place. That's yeah. nice. How do you um, take care of yourself through processes? Like when you're delving into identity and then you're asking other people to, because that seems like one way is to say you don't have to dredge up. Yeah, I don't think you necessarily need to. In that one work I did that did sort of look more at my personal identity, I was at a point when I really needed to. Yeah. 
so it was fine. I just wanted it all all out, you mm-hmm. know. Um, but what do you think about me doing a work looking at my personal identity? I think that's fine if you need to. Yeah. Um, I wouldn't get stuck on it. <laughs> no, but I wouldn't tell anyone to get stuck on their own identity. Um, yeah. But I think you're white. Yes. Um, I think you can create decolonizing spaces as well. Yeah. You know. I so, hope so. Yeah. As as a as a white man, mm. I think you can create strong decolonizing voice, a strong yeah. decolonizing voice as well. And hopefully I have the leverage that I look like the people who might not listen to people who don't look like them. Yeah. And if I make work that comments on, actually this work with Candy comments on white male fragility, mm. the, which is sort of like that fragile state when men can't talk about um, anything to do with <laughs> taking their privilege away. Mm. Um I don't include artists in that usually. <laughs> like, I think artists have usually thought about a lot of, you know, I, I, I'm, I'm talking about those, that majority of people that don't think very much, mm. I think. I think there's quite an ingrained Aussie battler mentality in Australia to the point where if you identify as, like, a, a working-class Aussie battler and then someone comes along... Uh, who's been through university yep. and then tells you that you have privilege, it's it's a pretty big pill to swallow. Right. When you're like... When you are living this day-to-day embodied, like, ideology of honour through hardship and physical right. labour and shit like that. Yeah. Well, that's when I do think we need... That's when Australia needs to readdress its whole mm. foundation. Mm. Like, because, like you said, it's a detriment, actually, that, that, if that if that way of thinking becomes racism to other people or becomes prejudice or marginalises another group, even though... I'm working really hard and I've experienced hardship all the time. But if that causes me to marginalise people or be racist to people or think that I'm... still think that I'm way better mm-hmm. and than, than these groups or that they have no right to complain, that a lot of these people from marginalised places really do have a right. <laughs> like, like they, they... Just take... I, hypothetically even take someone who works just as hard who's who's white and male and someone who works just as hard who's dark skinned mm-hmm. um, I'm sure that this person has a much harder life <laughs> more difficult like even though they, they work the same they're in a trade or whatever I don't know what you call an Aussie battler but and this person's probably not got an easy life either mm-hmm. compared to um um, a privileged, a, a, a more money privileged. Um, but this person has other, th- <laughs> like, there's a wealth of other things that this person has to deal with daily. And it might be less 
uh, in Australia, but it's there's a lot like there's a lot of racism here mm. that people deal with every day if you if you're not white. And even with um talking with some friends who are Eastern European, even just having an Eastern European surname too, so, you know. Um, Yeah, and that's when I think the monocultures just created problems from foundation level that um, that Australian just needs to talk about because fear um, causes people to not be able to think or to have a conversation. Yeah. So if you can't converse, if you can, uh, nothing can change. I don't know if you can't even acknowledge that there's a if the first. Def- that reaction is a defensive one that goes, but I, but look at me, I'm, I'm a victim too, or look at me, you know, yeah. then we can't change bigger, you know, we can't yeah. make anything change, we can't come together or belong together more in any way. Yeah. Like, um, it's not about pointing the finger at people, but it's a, you know, looking at a bigger picture that, that, um, that everyone is a part of by either being complicit with it or by actively being racist or by, you know, yeah. Um, I don't know. It's this, yeah, it's the structures that are set up um, do allow a lot of people to experience privilege basically and I think it's true I think if you think there is no privilege Mm. then you haven't experienced what it's like I I really believe that to not have privilege yeah yeah but that's the um, that's the American capitalist story that you are as worth as much as hard as you work and then good things will come from that right because you can generate money and pull yourself up by your own bootstraps and that and that everyone starts the same which is like you said it's bullshit and it feeds into a feeling of worthlessness for all people who don't luck out yeah regardless of race regardless of class and regardless of education yeah that if you are also stuck in the the self-identifying victim cycle. Yeah. Then um, the danger of that is that you think that you're not getting your dues that you're that you deserve. Yes. Right. Right. And you think it must be because someone else is getting it. Yeah. But regardless, yeah. like if someone else is uh, same or different gender, same or different race, same or different yeah. class that there's a, and I think it's also really easy to forget that we have, that most of us in Australia have enough and actually have enough to share. We really do, don't we? And even though we are in a very expensive society. Yeah, Yeah. Yeah. for our time Um, and attention. Yeah. yeah. Um, We do have enough. But even, I'm talking about this as well, these issues, these Australian issues, like I had a fight with my auntie and uncle about, this kind of thing that they th- it was a specific thing that um, 
my auntie thought her son was not getting what he deserved, basically, that kind of thing. Mm. And Because that's the idea of fairness. Yeah. And it, you have to buy the idea of fairness to buy into capitalism. Yeah. That input will equal output. But it's funny. What I found funny was that she, and I love her dearly. This is, this this is where is it's very thing. complex. Yeah. <laughs> yeah it's, it's very complex. When you love those racists. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah. But she automatically grasped onto welfare that's just given to a certain group of people, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. Um, and that, I was trying to say, those people may not even want that welfare. No. Like, no, exactly. you know, like, and how did they get to that spot where it's not even their system, it's not their culture to have welfare? Mm-hmm. Like, mm-hmm. it's us that are giving them, like, us as in English colonial systems that have been built here over and through oppression and, you know, so it's those systems that we have made that are giving that welfare. Mm-hmm. And it's not their system yeah. and with the welfare like the shame oh, the shame that comes absolutely like even for but, like widowed men who can't work constant oppression yeah. yeah constant oppression and it's daily and what if this is when I'm priv- I'm very privileged look if, if every day you're oppressed if every day you're told you're absolute shit mm. like you how do you get out of that or there's no self-esteem ever. You just and constantly everything around you is oppressing you. You know, it's it must yeah. You need to be a very strong person to be able to get out of that. And yeah. That's how I feel about the clouds in Melbourne. <laughs> I feel the like sky's really low. I think it's worse in London. Yeah. Well that's the thing, yeah. like as much as I'm not on board with the way Australia was formed, I'm glad that I wasn't born in London. Yeah. And living there now as an ancestor yeah, but of I guess who was displaced over here. Are we on our way there? Like To being a London. Maybe problems we're creating now might perpetuate to that one day, you know. Wow, yeah, maybe. Because Shit. Yeah. It's a lot different up north. Right. Yeah. Not that it's more fair. But that yeah. it's, there's still a lot of space to tap out of bureaucracy more right. often. Right, yeah. And that might always stay like that. I hope. Think? Yeah. But mm-hmm. then there's also, like, the, the problem with the Wild West. Right, like, yeah. It's not the most intelligent people, but the strongest and most aggressive people yeah. that form the pathways yeah. that are in, yes. ingrained Yes, there you go, I see what you mean, yeah, yeah. Do you want to talk a little bit about this work that you've got coming up with the Dream Team? Uh, in Shanghai? Yeah, with yeah, Chan obviously, and So, yeah, um, I've worked on it for ages and, as I said, it takes a while to get enough resources to do something because I'm working with all independent artists, yeah. you know, so it's a sort of a passion project. Um, <laughs> yeah. Uh, and it's between countries as well as international, so it's between Shanghai and... Uh, Australia and um, so I've managed to get this far and now to this point in October we're going to go there um, to Rawland which is the China Shanghai International Arts Festival's experimental sort of emerging platform Mm. Um, and 
I'm mainly going there to rehearse, but we will have an outcome. So we are doing a show. Mm-hmm. Um, it won't be quite the finished show, but we'll have something to show. Yeah. And, um, yeah, uh, it's a very human work now. Like, it's taken me a journey to understand what the work exactly is. But um, it's very human, which is quite the opposite to Shanghai. Not that... It's, the city. Yeah, the city in ah. general. Because in I... I've only had human experiences there, actually. Um, everything has been... My interactions with people there have been... Artists, I mean, uh, have been just beautifully human. <laughs> you know, so... Um, I guess I'll tell you a bit about the backstory of this work. Yeah, because I chose Shanghai because... Um, I'll just tell you the story. My grandmother studied in Shanghai at the Conservatorium of Music there and she had a best friend who studied at the same um, I think they both studied piano and the best friend married a man who was also working in Shanghai he wasn't from Shanghai and my grandmother's best friend and the man had three kids they had two two kids in Shanghai then they had a third kid in Shanghai and it was when the Japanese were occupying China and the Japanese came through, coming, were coming down from the north, coming towards Shanghai, and there was no medicine and there was no money, and no one, all the jobs sort of dried up, nobody had money, it was war, right? And the lady got an infection, her best friend got an infection and died very shortly after the birth of the third child. So she left three kids, um, three young children and she asked on her deathbed for my grandmother to look after her children and my grandmother said yes and so this is what happened in Shanghai in this in the past mm. and so what happened eventually was my grandmother escaped with the children's father further south into China and then to Hong Kong and they ended up in Hong Kong they brought the three kids to Hong Kong and then eventually they this is why I'm still not sure if it's a myth. I don't know if they fell in love or if they just got married. Mm. But they got married and they had three more kids. Mm. And my dad was one of the three born in Hong Kong. Wow. Yeah. So, um, and I couldn't speak to my grandmother because she only spoke Chinese. I did meet her way la- late in life. And um, she was a cold sort of austere woman that I didn't get on with really. Oh, I guess I did. But it was very strange you know she was very religious too she get money gave money to the church all the time which is something no one in the family understood but um even her kids and um I you know I was sort of close to my grandfather Mm. but I wasn't close to her and that's why I particularly wanted to look at her at this time when she was a young woman and actually how she did quite amazing things like she gave up her life in that moment to take care of her best friend's kids it was war she did escape war to hong kong and she survived um you know so out of this trauma for her in in that moment in her youth um she created a new life so my my piece isn't about that her story but it's about space between death and new life. Spaces, different spaces created from all of us. And I'm looking specifically at these four dancers. Um, and in doing that as well, there's a cult, 
there is a cultural collaboration going on. Just, but that's just people getting to know each other. Mm. Two dancers getting to know two dancers. And the, the divide or the, the, the common, finding common things might, and finding differences. And um, I'm looking at each of, eventually looking at each of their stories or a connection with their grandmother from the past as well. But, so, it's, the show's called What Happened in Shanghai. It's what happened for me in Shanghai back then, but it's also what happened in Shanghai when we first all got together in Shanghai mm -hmm. and what will happen in Shanghai, which will be what happened in Shanghai this October uh -huh. <laughs> as well. Okay. You know, what so happened it's, in the future? It's a, it's a constant what happened, yeah, you know, cool. of what happened. So it crosses time and culture. Wow. Yeah. What, what is the training of all the dancers? Are you saying they're coming together and they're getting to know each other? Do they all have the same training? They're all contemporary dancers, which is hard, harder to find in... Contemporary independent dancers are hard to find in Shanghai. Mm. Um, they're all s slightly more mature. Yeah. Um, as in these two dancers as well in Shanghai, they don't... You can get amazing dancers that are just machines, you know? Mm. These... I. I've found two dancers who are thinking dancers. Nice. So, um, and they're very uh, creative and artistic, yeah. Mm. Uh, but they, they do have training as dancers, you know, so they're not, they're not pure just um, movement artists mm. and they're not, um, which is, which performance artists, although they do do that, but they have, they also, um, can embody concepts physically, yeah. which I think um, it is easier for trained dancers to do that. Yeah. Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. Sometimes I think I might be biased because I took the time to bother to train, mm. but I do think performance artists fall into the like um, same trap as managers and middle managers in that. They know what needs to happen yeah. and they know how to get other people to do that. But if they have to do it, they don't have the embodied knowledge to do it. Yeah. And so the idea is excellent, but it doesn't, yeah. it doesn't work actually. And that's why you're in the position of a manager. Yeah, yeah, right. <laughs> to have the yeah. idea and progress the project. But. Yeah. And so whilst with this group, there is some quite... Um, there is, there will be loose, more improvised part, but there will be more choreographed part too, which you can't. Mm -hmm. I think you have need trained dancers for too. Just sections of choreography, and because we have to work really fast as yeah. well, that's when as well. Does that choreo come out of your body? Um, some of it will, but some of it will come out of already what I've seen, what I've recorded and seen them do, and and then again from standing on the outside, from what I've done, um, picking out things that then then. I, I develop mm. as an aesthetic. Yeah. And what's your hope for the work? Um, I really just... I don't think it's a big touring work. I just want to... I want to perform it in Shanghai and Melbourne. Great. <laughs> yeah. Do you so. think that contemporary dance is somehow as... as imported into Shanghai as it is into Australia or into Melbourne? No, it's very different there. What they call contemporary dance is... Uh -huh. Or what we call contemporary dance in Melbourne is very different yeah. there. 
although these two dancers I've chosen have got a lot of European mm -hmm. um, influence in their technique and but um, I think there's still I think in general there's still in Shanghai looking um, yeah no it's not imported in basically <laughs> not yet yeah In a way, you're there when you go internationally and meet up with people, you're representing Australia. <laughs> yeah. Like an Olympic committee or something. Ah, uh, yeah. <laughs> That's yeah. pretty cool. There'll be I you guess and... I'm the renegade one. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah. The one who's not supposed to be there. <laughs> yeah. Just take that Kung Fu Panda movie wisdom where the old turtle says that there are no accidents. Oh, right. There you go. Yeah, I didn't mind that movie. <laughs> <laughs> the first one. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> we, yeah, I have seen a few kids' movies since. And that are not good? No, since Herbie's, oh, uh, yeah, you know. Yeah, yeah. Oh, yeah, and a lot that are not good. <laughs> yeah. Um, is there anything that I haven't asked you that you want to talk about? I don't think so, yeah. Do you have anything that you wish you, um, like something that you would have told your 20-year-old self? Uh, don't be fearful. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. Really follow your instinct. Mm -hmm. um, yeah. Don't dance. <laughs> no, I couldn't tell my 20-year-old self not to do that. Um, yeah. How do you turn up the volume on your instincts? Because often they're just not as loud as all the other demands that are in your life. Yeah. I think it's different for everyone. Yeah. But when you finally realise exactly what that feeling is that goes hang on you should be doing this yeah. or don't worry about that at all mm. this is where it this is where it's at for you mm -hmm. <laughs> um, or in specific projects yeah sometimes it's not evident straight away mm. possibly I think but then I just I think for me I just let it sit until it becomes evident yeah um but not doing things, I, I'm quite into not doing things that are favourable or um, trendy. Just following the work, you know, just what, like, like we said before, like, it's all about the work and what, what that work needs or wants. Yeah, so. Even starting out on that first work I did about identity. Like, at the time, it wasn't very convenient to be asking those questions for me, or or even, you know, it, it wouldn't, it wasn't at all obvious that it would be supported. And somehow it became supported. And, um, and that, taking that step was the right, really the right thing to do at that moment. Um, 
and it's just led to all the right other questions for me. Yeah. 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 Thanks for chatting. <laughs> yeah. yeah.